Tonight's reading is found on page 1065, and it comes from John 3, verses 1 to 7. 1065. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God was not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Let's uh, pray together before we start. Dear Lord, we do indeed pray that uh, you would speak to us and now as we look to your word and that you would um, touch our hearts we pray that your truth may prevail and that um, we would uh, learn from it and understand and we ask that in Jesus name Amen uh, As um, Clive mentioned we're uh, continuing our look through encounters with Jesus or Jesus encounters with people and, um, and so uh, today we come to this encounter with Nicodemus. Um, now, um, encounters uh, sometimes can be a bit of a surprise, um, some more than others. Um, when I was a teenager, uh, so way back before the invention of electric light, probably. <coughs> no, maybe not that far, but uh, there was this young lady I liked, maybe some of you can relate to that, and uh, she didn't seem to notice me. Um, but then one evening, I was sat in my parents' house, the doorbell rang, I opened the door, and there she was, stood on the doorstep, looking at me. <clears throat> I can't remember what I said. Probably totally incomprehensible, actually. Um, but some counters, they, they come as a surprise to us. And Nic Nicodemus' encounter with Jesus is a surprise, uh, because he was a Pharisee. And uh, not that Jesus would have been surprised. Uh, you can't surprise God. He can surprise us, but we can't surprise him. But it would have been a surprise to the disciples um, that Nicodemus, uh, this Pharisee, uh, should come and speak to Jesus. This is uh, 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 Nicodemus from um, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier, playing him. Uh, so let's say a little bit about Nicodemus. Not only was he a Pharisee, but he's a member of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin, no less. Now, you don't need uh, to have read very much of the Gospels uh, to pick up that the Pharisees were not exactly friends of Jesus. Um, they're opposed to him pretty much from the start. Ultimately, it was they who had him killed. So a Pharisee would not be the sort of chap who'd come for a quiet little chat with Jesus. Well, not normally. Normally they would address him unless, they wouldn't address him unless it was to test him, to trick him, to belittle him, to accuse him. 
Now last week, uh, Clive uh, reminded us uh, of the phrase used uh, in the title of a Jane Austen book, Pride and Prejudice. Um, I remembered actually that, uh, just reminding Clive that some years ago, uh, then we would be hurrying home from the evening service to catch the latest episode of the TV ad adaption with Colin Firth, uh, which here is represented. Thought still to be the best adaptation of the book, which I have read, uh, actually, um, more than once. Um, and there are two ca characters in the book. One of them uh, exhibits a lot of pride. The other exhibits prejudice. The Pharisees managed to combine both and uh, aim it at Jesus. They thought of this Jesus. What sits upstart doing, coming, teaching us what scripture says? Where does he get the authority to say that? And it's a question they put to him. He's a nobody from Galilee of all places. In John chapter 7, they declare, a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Whereas uh, they thought of themselves uh, to be experts in the law. There are years of study and training and they did not recognize this man, Jesus. But it seems that not all the Pharisees thought the same thing. The Gospels often use this phrase, um, some of the Pharisees. So uh, they're referring, there's not all of them. In fact, I'll give you an example. John chapter 9, verse 16, when they're arguing about um, how it is that this blind man can now see. It says, verse 16, Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. So some have said, decided, he's not from God. But then they have to try and explain away the miracles. How is it then he can do this? Whereas others have seen the signs and the deeds as clear evidence that he is from God, as Nicodemus. But then, of course, they have to rethink and try and understand what that means uh, to what they've been believing about the Messiah. So let's look uh, at Nicodemus' uh, greeting to uh, Jesus. And this is in verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are, um, you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus makes it plain which view he is taking. And unlike other encounters with the Pharisees, he's very respectful to Jesus. He calls him rabbi, a sign of respect for an accepted teacher. Nicodemus has come to see that this Jesus is someone remarkable. He's come to see the inescapable uniqueness, as some, one writer puts it, the inescapable uniqueness of Jesus. He's come to see it from the miracles, but not just that, from his teaching as well since he calls him a teacher. He is drawn to Jesus. He knows he's not qualified by going through schools, but he is authorised by God. He sees that. But he hesitates, doesn't he? Did you notice, well, you will probably know the story, that he comes to Jesus by night. He doesn't want it known that he's come. 
the secrecy. Either he's afraid or he's ashamed. From now on, John refers to him as the one who came to Jesus by night. For Nicodemus, it was going to be costly to take a stand for Jesus. Maybe he's afraid for his position. Maybe some of us feel the same. Maybe you face the same. True, you're probably not in the Jewish council, but you are drawn to the person of Jesus, but fear the impact of following him. Of making a stand for him. A little shamed, perhaps, of what your friends might say. Or maybe those who are not your friends might say. Afraid of what you might lose by making a stand for him. But whilst I can say that, um, that I should never tell you that following Jesus is easy, I think I could say, and a lot of people would support me here in saying this, that nothing you could lose can compare with what you gain. So Nicodemus, it might be very tentative, his approach to Jesus, but he's not going with the flow, is he? He's not agreeing with all his colleagues and what they say. And there is some risk to him wanting to meet with Jesus. But he wants to see him for himself. And that is a good start. So let us look then at what Jesus' response is. But this is another surprise in the story. So we're reading uh, from verse 3. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Well, it's strange. Firstly, it says in reply, because Nicodemus doesn't actually appear to have asked him anything yet. So why is Jesus saying this? And what is the relevance of this particular statement to Nicodemus? Well, in these encounters that we're going to look at in the evening, I want you to, uh, to notice two particular things. And uh, I think I've got a, a screen here. The first is this. That Jesus clearly knows what is in the mind of the person he is speaking to. It happened with Nathaniel, actually, last week. And it's also going to, you'll see, happen with the woman at the well next week. It happens a lot in the Bible. Uh, Jesus encounters with people. Uh, with the Pharisees, for example, when they're mumbling and grumbling about him, he knows what they're thinking and he responds to that. That must have been very disconcerting, I would have thought, to have someone who knows what you're about to say before you even say it. Actually, we have occasionally this experience. Um, <clears throat> I did. Uh, I was in this park and I was stood next to... Uh, uh, a little boy and his father. And, uh, and this man walked by, um, and this man had a balaclava on, uh, just in case <laughs> you don't know what a balaclava is, it's one of those. And, um, but the strange thing about this man is it was back to front. So the balaclava with the, the hole was on the back, here, you see. Uh, and, um, and this man walked by us, and the little boy's mouth dropped open, and he was just following this man with the balaclava. Like this. And there was a little pause, and then he said, Daddy? And his father said, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <clears throat> Sometimes, oh, we know what somebody's going to say. All the time, Jesus knew what you're going to say. Second thing is, 
in the way he speaks to people, his teaching. His teaching always relates to their situation. It relates to their situation. He gives his teaching, he explains things in such a way that it is particularly relevant to the person he is speaking to. Even where the truth that he's speaking applies to everyone. So let me try and show you uh, why this relates to Nicodemus, what he is saying, you must be born again. Nicodemus is proud of his Jewish, Jewish birth. More than that, he believes that by nature of his physical birth, he is one of the people of God, a son of Abraham. Not only that, but he was one of the teachers of those people. And he was a member of the largest and most influential religious political party of the Jewish nation, the Pharisees. He's an expert in Hebrew scriptures. In fact, Jesus recognized that he is, uh, as you see in this chapter, uh, verse 10, uh, just over the page. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. He recognizes uh, what um, Nicodemus is. So right into that thinking about Nicodemus's birth, he drops this bombshell. You do not get into the kingdom of God by your physical birth. You have to be born again. Now I think that is also very relevant to today. Many people seem to think that simply by the fact that they have been born, that is they're alive, and they do the odd good deed here and there, that that will be enough. But if anyone could claim that, that their birth is enough, or the keeping the odd good deed is enough, then surely the Pharisees could, who were born Jews and were strict keepers of the law. But it is not enough. One commentator speculates that perhaps Nicodemus knows it's not enough. Why else has he come to meet Jesus? He, like us, maybe has seen that keeping the law does not change a person's heart. No, that requires something far more radical. We need a complete change of heart. <clears throat> a complete change, in fact, that can be said to be born again. Not just an amendment of our ways, a change of behaviour, like giving up something for Lent, but a complete change of heart and will. Now, just before I go on with that, a digression here. <coughs> born again has some, somewhat been hijacked in recent years, hasn't it? Um, that term. The media uses the expression, so they'll say something like, someone is a born-again Christian, to denote a person, sorry, denotes a person, with a particular uh, type of uh, Christian view, evangelical usually, I guess, that's what they think. But that is inferring that there are other types but that's not what Jesus is saying here, is it? He is saying a person either has this new birth or they're not a Christian. That they cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, let's have a look at uh, Nicodemus' reply uh, in verse 4. He says, How can a man be born when he is old? So presumably Nicodemus is. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. <clears throat> now Nicodemus seems to have taken this very uh, literal, doesn't he? It's ludicrous. 
And it's somewhat frustrating reply in a way. Surely Nicodemus, Nicodemus is not taking a mickey out of Jesus, is he? It's annoying when people try, uh, you're trying to make a serious point, and they're deliberately mishearing what you're saying in order to make some joke or comment. That's very annoying. But I don't think that's what Nicodemus is doing. Maybe it's this. People do this thing. We do this thing. When you cannot understand something somebody is saying, then what you do is you reflect back to them how it sounds, what you've just said. You reflect it to them. Even if you know rarely that that's not what they could be, really are, are saying. You're just saying, this is how it sounds. Maybe Nicodemus also has an element of frustration. Maybe he knows that a person needs this kind of change that Jesus is referring to. Maybe he knows it's necessary, but how? Because he's seen that it's impossible. He's seen what the Pharisees are like. So he says, you might as well ask a grown man to enter the womb again. He wants to be changed, but how can he change himself? Well, oddly enough, that's just a point Jesus wants him to see. It is impossible. Can a child give birth to itself? Uh, this is Freddie. Freddie was born on the 12th of uh, February. <laughs> and uh, he, he's uh, my latest uh, grandchild. But Freddie had nothing to do with his own birth. How could he possibly? No more than can a person enable the kind of birth Jesus is speaking of. <coughs> so thankfully for us, Jesus then explains a little bit further. Verse 5. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So in response, Jesus puts it another way. Physical birth remains just that. Miracle though it is in many ways. We remain flesh and blood with all its frailties. To see the kingdom of God, you must be born of the spirit from above. In fact, interestingly, the word again, as used here in the Greek, translates also as from above, born from above, born of God spiritually. It does seem impossible that someone could be born again, but what is impossible for man is not impossible for God. We cannot do it ourselves, no more than Freddie could. But we come to him and ask him to give us this new birth. Jesus described it as being born of water and the spirit. Water indicating the cleansing and the spirit, the regeneration. <coughs> now, as a good Pharisee, he could probably link that with uh, Ezekiel. And I'm looking at chapter 36, um, which is on eight, uh, page 868, if you really wanted to look at that. So it's Ezekiel 36, verse 25, which Nicodemus would presumably have been um, familiar with. 
I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. As someone repents and is inwardly purified and cleansed, God performs a creative act within their soul. So just as John's baptism was a baptism of water, a baptism for repentance and forgiveness of sins, so he himself said that one would come after him who would baptize with the Spirit by water and by Spirit. Now for a proud person such as a Pharisee, this is going to be very difficult. For it is by grace alone. We come in repentance for the forgiveness of sins, ask him into our hearts and into our life. It's not a work we do, it's by grace. One commentator puts it like this, no evolution exists from flesh into spirit. It requires a new creation. Well, now Nicodemus was a, chose the right person to ask. He has come to the one who would make the impossible possible. In him, he could, and we can, find cleansing from the guilt and sin that drags us down through the forgiveness earned for us at Calvary and receive instead new life new birth through the indwelling of the Spirit if we only ask for it. This encounter, of, as you will see, ends without us knowing whether Nicodemus accepts and understands what Jesus said. Was he born again? I like to think he was. Here's two things we do know. We do know that later on in John chapter 7, verse 50, Nicodemus bravely stands up for Jesus against the other Pharisees and gets a stinging rebuke for it. Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, <coughs> are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. They are accusing him of being a simpleton from Galilee, like Jesus has in his followers. Yet they are accusing him of not understanding or reading the scriptures. Go figure, we would say today. Where in fact it is they who have not understood the scriptures. Then in <coughs> chapter 19, verse 39, it's Nicodemus who goes with Joseph of Arimathea to find to get Jesus' body for burial and incidentally to provide spices enough fit for a king. But here and now it is not Nicodemus' response uh, that is important because we can do nothing about that but we can do something about our response to his offer of new birth into his kingdom. Like Nicodemus you can come to him 
Maybe, albeit tentatively. Seek him out. Find for yourself. Speak to him. And seek the new birth he can bring. If you would like to consider this question more, uh, then please speak to Clive, or to I, or to anyone else that you know here at St Mary's. But for now, let me pray for us as I close. Dear Lord, we pray that your words would find root in our hearts as we consider them. And we pray that we all will want or come to know the joy of new birth in Christ our Saviour. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.